You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And the topic of our conversation today is unplugging from the narcissistic frequency. Well, the winds of change are really blowing here in Arizona. We've had some really strong winds and a friend of mine had talked about, well, the winds of change are here because there is a lot of change happening for a lot of us. This is a time of really powerful transformation because there's a lot of really positive powerful energy coming to the planet. If you look at things in terms of energy, astrological energy, that we are being pretty much bombarded by these frequencies, which is why I want to talk about the frequency of narcissism. When you are involved or have been involved with someone who has a narcissistic or borderline personality, you've been plugged into what I would call the narcissistic frequency. The narcissistic frequency is an energy that has within it a lot of chaos, drama, confusion, and intensity. The longer you're in this energy, the more it becomes somewhat normal to you because we get comfortable with certain energies. And if you were raised in a family where there were narcissistic family members, You were very used to this frequency, but the body, the mind, and the emotions and healthy people crave balance and a loving, nurturing environment. If we have found peace in our lives and have created a harmonious and balanced life, but a narcissistic person enters our environment, they bring with them the frequency of chaos and drama. You may not see it right away because you know how it is with narcissists. They seem perfectly lovely in the beginning and you buy into the illusion of normalcy. But a narcissist can't hold that illusion up for very long. Something will trigger them and the wolf in sheep's clothing shows its teeth. The chaos and drama that begins to seep into our lives can come in ever so slowly, like the proverbial frog in a pot of water where the heat is turned up so slowly the frog doesn't realize it's cooking. Suddenly, you realize that your once peaceful environment is now operating at the narcissistic frequency of chaos, drama, and confusion. Even if this energy is cyclical, and isn't present at all times, there's this constant threat. Just like war where one is always on hyper alert for when and where the next bomb is going to be dropped. Those who are victims of narcissistic abuse become hyper vigilant and can't truly relax. This is how we get complex post-traumatic stress disorder or our childhood PTSD is triggered or activated. The narcissistic frequency is a low vibrational energy, and when we're plugged into it, we're actually being pulled down into a lower vibration. 
It doesn't matter how the narcissist looks on the outside. They may look healthy, energetic, happy, fun, enthusiastic, but there's still this low level frequency operating on an energetic level. And this is the narcissism. This is where the abusive nature emerges from. It goes dormant when the narcissist is not acting out, but it's in full swing when the narcissist is acting out. We never know what will trigger an event. And so we can't fully let our guard down, especially after having suffered through many events already. Once you've finally had enough and decide to get out of the narcissist's life, or the narcissist decides you aren't good enough supply anymore and redirects his or her attention elsewhere, it's time to unplug from the narcissistic frequency. I had a channeling the other day. And the first thing that I was told was that I was in a much, much higher frequency than the person that I had been with. And although due to the soulmate fantasy, I believed he and I were on a, were a vibrational match when we really weren't. On a spiritual level, many narcissistic people are drawn to bright lights, to people who are vibrating at a much higher frequency. And it's like moths to a flame. Wouldn't the energy vampire be drawn to a bright source of energy? It just makes sense, right? So how does someone vibrating at a higher frequency match up energetically to someone at a lower narcissistic frequency? How does our peaceful, tranquil, harmonious home become an energetic war zone? I believe it has to do with soul contracts and agreements. Many light workers have soul contracts to help others, and we feel most fulfilled when we're serving and helping others. And this is what we came to do. We're used to going into the war zones and pulling people up out of the mire. We're used to healing and rescuing and offering our reserves of love, nurturing, and healing. Now, in all fairness, we may have a good amount of codependency that drives us to be healers and rescuers. Nevertheless, we're often drawn to narcissists because either consciously or unconsciously, we want to help this person. If someone appears to be down in the mire, it's natural to want to reach out a hand and pull them up. We offer our healing environment, our peaceful home, our love, our nurturing energies, and these energies are sucked right up. They're absorbed. In the beginning, we feel that that person really appreciates all that we are giving to them. And this feeds us. We want to be appreciated, valued, respected, and seen for the beautiful bright lights that we are. But with narcissists, this simply is not sustainable. If you're a bright light or a light worker, and you resonate with this, it's important to work on your boundaries and the codependent healer-rescuer archetype. It's fine to want to help others, but don't be fooled into believing that you can help a relationship partner to rise up to his or her full potential. People are what they are, and narcissistic people are stuck in the mire and always will be stuck there. The narcissist goes from one to the next, to the next, without any downtime. They can't be alone. 
Why is it, do you think, a narcissist can't be alone? Well, we all know that a narcissist is addicted to supply, energy sources to feed them. Without that energy source, they wither and die energetically. They would become deeply depressed and drained of energy. Sources of supply are like batteries to the narcissist. They also feed their overly inflated ego. So they also need this constant source of inflation or validation for their ego. But there's another element of the narcissist being alone is that he's left with himself. And truly the narcissist is his own worst enemy. If left alone with his own thoughts for too long, he risks drowning in narcissistic injury or the deeply repressed pain and trauma from childhood might have a chance to rise up out of the shadows. There are such deep protective layers with a narcissist that prevent him from ever really looking deeply at himself. So one of the main defense mechanisms is projection. And if the narcissist were to be left alone for too long, who would he project onto? And that's how he avoids his own pain and discomfort as he takes what's painful within himself and projects it onto the people closest to him. When the narcissist first gets involved with a new supply source, he projects his hopes, his dreams, his fantasies of ideal love, and the belief that this new person will be the one who saves him from himself. But of course, nobody can save another person from themselves. And we all fail in that mission. So where the projection begins as a fantasy of idealized love, the dark cesspool within begins to churn and the narcissist erupts, exposing another side of himself that most victims of narcissistic abuse are shocked to see. We think we have this kind, loving, caring, empathetic person and then out of the blue, this dark energy comes in and rips us apart and quite suddenly. What we're experiencing is narcissistic projection. Everything the narcissist has been running from and avoiding his or her entire life gets projected onto you. You become the trash receptacle for all of his or her unhealed pain, trauma, fear, and insecurity. And this isn't you. It isn't your fault. You didn't cause this and you can't cure it. Knowing the truth of the narcissistic energy dynamic will help you to escape it. You can't ever change or heal it. The only thing you will ever be able to do is escape it. And you must escape it much as someone might plan a prison escape. It isn't an easy thing to do. For one, the narcissist will cling to you for dear life as an energy source until he or she has found another suitable energy source to transfer his or her affections to. It's like the parasite can't leave its host until it finds another host. If you don't have an understanding of the parasite-host relationship and you continue to cling to your own fantasies of ideal love, you're going to get stuck. But this relationship isn't about love at all. You have to understand this. It's about energy. 
We stay in these relationships because we believe that we're in love. And we very well may be in love. Being in love is simply to be aligning and living in the energy vibration of love. We may project our love onto the other, and we may feel love with the other, but love can only really ever come from within. And so if we don't have enough love within, we won't have much to give to another. A narcissist can bask in the glow of your love and mirror that back to you. And that's why it's so amazing in the beginning, because they're masters at mirroring the other. This is why we fall in love with them, because they reflect us so beautifully. We have such a beautiful reflection of ourselves coming back to us. And in a sense, we're falling in love with that, that reflection of ourselves. We see ourselves as beautiful. We see ourselves as worthy. We see ourselves as important through this mirror. That's why we have to see it without the mirror. We don't want to become dependent on that mirror to see ourselves as worthy. When we're beautifully reflected, it is bliss. But when that dark projection begins, it can become pretty hellish pretty quickly. So we have to remember when leaving this energy dynamic that the love we felt in this relationship belongs to us. It was our love. And we're feeling the lack of love in our own lives. And if we're feeling the lack of love in our own lives, we've closed our own heart out of a need to protect ourselves from continued harm. Eventually, once we withdraw our attention and energy from the narcissist and come back to ourselves, recreating our own peaceful environment and have sufficient protection around us, we can remove the block from our heart and allow the light to shine brightly again. The mistake we make is believing that the narcissist has anything for us. They don't. What do you imagine a parasite has to offer its host? It's a taker of energy, not a giver. It's the empaths and the codependents that are the givers in these energy dynamics. And I'm talking about energy here. I'm not talking about, you know, do they take out the garbage or mow the lawn? You know, of course, there is often that kind of an energy exchange. There often is something within that relationship that you value. But we're talking about the dance of energy in that loving romantic connection, or possibly even could be with, um, with a friend or a sibling or a parent or a boss or anything like that, this dance of energy. The only thing the narcissist really offers you on an energetic level is a fantasy. This means false promises, idealized love, and visions of the future that will never come true. And that's one thing that a lot of my clients talk to me about. They say all this, all those dreams we had that never came true. I hear that over and over and over because the dream never does become reality. 
It's a fantasy. In order to heal from narcissistic abuse in a personal relationship is to truly understand that you were living in a fantasy, an illusion. It wasn't real. And this is so hard for people to get. They don't want to accept this. And I understand it. I've never wanted to accept it either. They cling to the soulmate fantasy, to the belief that they were ideally suited to be together, that they were really special to that person. And even after the narcissist has moved on to his new supply or her new supply, the person left behind is often still believing or needing to believe that they were special to that person. We have to let go and be special to ourselves. If you don't learn to let go and move forward, you'll just be as stuck as the narcissist is. And many people will tell me the narcissist isn't stuck. He already has a new girlfriend. He's already moved on. What we don't realize is that the narcissist doesn't have a new girlfriend. He has erected the illusion of a new girlfriend. His relationship with her is no more real than his relationship with you was. He hasn't moved on. He's stuck in a repeating cycle that will repeat itself forever. Just like in the movie Groundhog's Day. The narcissist will never be able to get out of that loop. Unless, for some odd reason, he can see the truth about himself and devote his life to healing the deep wounds within himself. We all have the ability to do this. It's just, are we going to do it? Or are we going to keep blaming other people? And if the narcissist does take this on, he needs to undertake that therapeutic journey without a source of supply. Because the supply is the addiction. And one can't cure alcohol or a drug addiction while still using, right? The greater truth in this situation is the victim of narcissistic abuse, if committed to his or her recovery, will heal and move forward. But the narcissist will remain stuck. So it's important to look at that from an energetic level. If you believe you're the one that's kind of stuck or left behind and that person is moving forward, it's an illusion. Because the only way any of us can move forward is by taking responsibility for our own unhealed pain, trauma, the wounds that we have. Heal them so that we can move up energetically to a higher level. In order to rise up out of the narcissistic frequency and reclaim a much higher vibration, we need to be able to shift our perspective. You need to keep in mind that the narcissist continued to pull you into his frequency. And he often does this by devaluing you, finding fault with you, criticizing and judging you, and abusing you. The shift in perspective is to fully realize that this had absolutely nothing to do with you. You may need to work hard on healing your own core wounds that led you to accept the narcissist projections, but you still need to understand that these were 
his or her projections. It wasn't about you. It was about the unhealed pain of the narcissist finding a trash receptacle so he doesn't have to look at himself. Once you understand this one piece, you can shift and move up the vibrational ladder because you're beginning to release the narcissistic projections that found their way into your energy field. At the same time, you're reclaiming your own goodness. The narcissist projects his core shame onto you, which is his badness. We all have core shame. And so the disowned shame of the narcissist finds its way to your shame, and suddenly you feel intense shame. But once again, only a bit of this shame ever belongs to you, or some of this shame belongs to you, but most of it belongs to the narcissist. Because that strong core shame is at the root of narcissistic personality. So you need to release it. It isn't yours. Process through your own shame. Heal your own shame. But if you're drowning in shame, you're likely absorbing a lot of what belongs to that narcissist. As you begin to let go of the heavy weight of narcissistic shame, you can rise up to a higher frequency. You will likely need to work on healing your own core shame by taking care of the inner child who feels like she's somehow wrong or bad or inherently flawed. You have to remind this child of her innocence and beauty and how good and how lovable she is or he is. This work is also instrumental in healing low self-worth, which may have been with you throughout your life or may have become much worse in your relationship with the narcissist. One thing that is really helpful in unplugging from the narcissistic frequency is to understand what it is. It's not only the chaos, drama, and confusion, it's the shame, the feelings of inadequacy, the worthlessness, the rejection, and the abandonment. These core wounds are very strong in the narcissist, and since we all have our own core wounds, we absorb the core wounds of the narcissist through their projections. So it's almost like our core wounds become magnets for the narcissist's core wounds and they just suck in and click to our, to our energy field, see? And that's why we have to work at separating out what belongs to us and what belongs to that person. What's our core wounds? Because we're oftentimes left with all this pain that doesn't even belong to us, that belongs to the narcissist because of their projections. We need to focus on healing our own core wounds, but also to realize that you may not have much of that unhealed pain in your own field as you might think, especially if you've been doing a lot of healing work for a very long time like I have. It's simply that your own wounds have been greatly intensified through the absorption of the narcissist unhealed pain. You need to learn who you are. Did you believe the lies you were told about yourself? 
Did you believe it when he told you that you were stupid or ugly or clumsy or lacking in some way? What can you do to shift that belief and see yourself as you really are? We need to see beyond the narcissist projections and see ourselves as we truly are. Go visit your friends who know you and ask them what they like about you. It's amazing how well my friends know me. And I've got friends that are really honest and they can say, you know, Kaylee, I'm really proud of you because in the past you've run away in situations like this and now you're really standing in the face of it. Or, you know, it's like they know me. They know that I had the tendency to run away. And, you know, it's really interesting how much our friends really do see, the ones that we spend a lot of time with, what they really do see about us. And I remember one thing that I was told in one of my narcissistic relationships is that my friends didn't really know me. He knew me because he lived with me, but my friends didn't know who I was. And this, again, was simply a projection because he was talking about himself, right? Don't you see this? It was he who presented a false self to the people who he called friends. His, his friends didn't really know him. They didn't see the part of him that I saw. They didn't see this really dark, negative, abusive side that I saw. So he could pretend to be one thing when he was out in public, but show this other side behind closed doors. If you've been subject to this kind of manipulation for long enough, it will have a brainwashing effect. You may come to believe that there's something really wrong with you. Fortunately for me, I knew enough about narcissism and projection, and I know myself enough to know when someone is projecting. So I can say, this isn't mine. But we all need to learn to say, this isn't mine. It isn't about denying responsibility for the things that we truly are responsible for, but it's about not taking on the projections of the narcissist or anybody else for that matter. Once you learn how to stop taking on the projections, you can begin to heal. Even after the relationship is over, you have to sort through the pieces in the ashes of the fire and take only what is valuable to you. You'll have plenty of opportunities to sort through the memories and start to see those projections you might have missed. If you continue to say, oh, this was a projection, you can start giving back energetically what belongs to the projector and you take what belongs to you. When you finally get through most of the pieces and understand that a lot of that weight you were carrying was projections belonging to the narcissist, you're going to feel a lot lighter and freer. What keeps us stuck is refusing to release the fantasy and holding on to the projections. If you can release both the fantasy and the projections, you can rise above it and move to a much higher frequency. Within those narcissistic projections comes a feeling of not being lovable. That has to go. 
Just because the narcissist devalued you and discarded you like a piece of trash doesn't mean that you're not lovable. Just because the narcissist claims of love were illusionary doesn't mean you aren't lovable. The narcissist has nothing to do with how lovable you are. So don't give him or her that kind of power to determine your worthiness and your lovability. You are worthy. You are lovable. He was only projecting his disowned feelings onto you. There's a tendency during recovery to hyper-focus on the narcissist and understand that this is a program. It's part of the brainwashing. It's also a very addictive energy. Narcissists have a way of getting us to be focused on them. This is what they want. So after they're gone, the focus might still be on them. But you can change this. You can change the program by, by bringing your attention repeatedly back to yourself and your own feelings. The feelings that you're dealing with may be very painful and you may want to avoid or project or medicate in some way. But the fastest way to heal is to go right into the pain that you're feeling and let it be there. With any breakup, there's grief. Your love was real. And so you need to go through the process of grieving and letting go. It's a normal, natural process. One thing you absolutely can't do if you want to heal is to stay connected to the narcissist. Because he or she will continue to mess with your head, cause chaos and confusion, suck you into his or her drama, and project onto you. So you absolutely need to unplug if you're going to heal. Staying plugged into the crazy energy will keep you feeling crazy. So we need to both physically and energetically unplug. Let go. Bring our attention repeatedly back to ourselves until focusing on ourselves is normal and natural again. You may begin to feel as you focus back on you that sense of peace again. When the chaos and drama are gone, there's peace. But watch your tendency to be addicted to the chaos, the drama, and the intensity. Break that addiction by staying away from it. Addictions are broken when we don't feed them anymore. It's that simple. If you're addicted to the chaos and drama, if you're addicted to the narcissist, then it's more cause to stay away, unplug, and focus your attention and energy back on yourself. There's a period of time these addictions are very strong, but if you resist and don't return to engaging in that narcissistic frequency, you will move beyond the addiction. So you have to replace the addiction. We don't just, um, perhaps using the word resist might not have been my best use of words because it's more to shift your focus because what we resist persists, right? So if you shift your focus, instead of focusing on that addiction or what you want from that person that you're never going to get or whatever it is that you're focusing on, when you redirect your thoughts and your feelings back to yourself, that's where the healing is. 
The healing is never going to be out there. It's never going to be found out there. It has to be found from within. So you have to keep continuing to redirect back to yourself. And this is how you're going to resolve that addiction. The more you unplug from the narcissistic frequency, the more you can rise up and plug into the frequency of love. And this is the frequency that feels really good. It isn't the false love of the narcissist, but the true love of the divine. This love is always available to you and it never leaves you. It's a higher love. You need to understand the love of the narcissist was a false love based on an illusion. And the love of the divine is a higher love. So which will you choose? I choose that higher love. When we let go and we rise up to a much, much higher frequency, we are unplugging completely from that narcissistic frequency and it's no longer a part of our lives. We look back, we might even feel sorry for that narcissist because we know that that he or she is forever stuck in a cycle of idealization, devaluing, discarding, hoovering, or moving on to a new partner and repeating the cycle again. The higher your perspective, the more you can see the truth and simply let go of that narcissistic insanity, embracing a life that is authentic, whole, happy, and peaceful. So if you need any help moving through your process, please contact me. You can go to my website at NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this has been valuable for you, and I will see you in the next podcast.